All right. Everybody push their shit. I pushed my shit. I pushed my shit. Welcome to Everything Trying to Kill You, the podcast that tries to be funny about existential crises as depicted by horror movies. I'm Megan. I'm Mary. And I am very much Charles. Yeah. Returning guest, will you tell us about yourself? I'll tell you the same thing I told you about myself last time. I like horror movies. I like you guys. And that's pretty much it. That's all you need to know about Charles. All you need to know about me. But it's really good to be back, you guys. Had so much fun last time. Yeah, it's good to have you back. And I be not Mary Kay. I be the witch of the wood. Guys, guys, I have a ghost. <laughs> my door to my bedroom just opened and my dogs came running out. And all of a sudden my husband shows up. He's like, did you open this? Like, no. Those pants are sick, Andrew. It was shut all oh the way. Gosh. So guys, I finally got my ghost. Yay. And everyone believes you kind of. There's nobody behind her, you guys. Andrew, loving those pants, buddy. Loving them. Oh my gosh. Andrew. So <laughs> today we're talking about Robert Eggers' 2015 movie, The Witch, A New England Folktale. Before we start talking about The Witch, though, Charles had a corrections corner from our last episode about the Amityville horror. And it could have been that I heard it wrong on the Amityville episode, but it sounded like y'all were trying to say that Margot Kidder was in the Indiana Jones series. I didn't say shit. (laughs) I feel like I said that probably. Am I a liar? Yes, it was was Karen Allen. Oh. Oh, Charles calling people out. Kicker, Charles. They do kind of look alike. They look a lot alike, I thought. Yeah, they do look a lot alike, but I just, you know, out of respect for the man's vision and the art, <laughs> I'm going to let you get away with that crazy-ass Margot Kidder bullshit. I have never respected a man's vision in my life. <laughs> I refuse. Well, I respect the vision for this movie because it was easily, like, the best. I, I think it's the scariest movie I've ever seen. It's my favorite horror movie. Um, but here is a public service announcement. Listeners, if you haven't seen this movie yet, stop listening right now and go watch it because you can stream it for free on Netflix and Amazon Prime. And we're going to spoil the shit out of it because you can't talk about this movie without talking about the ending. So we'll talk to you in 90 minutes because it's really short or really like in 180 minutes because you might have to like process that total trauma before you can listen to us try to be funny about it. So take your time and we'll be here when you come back. But if you are ready, if you have done your homework, we're going to jump right into this icebreaker. So The Witch is a perfect title for this movie, but if you're going to retitle it, what would your noodle, new t- noodle, what would your new <laughs> title for it be? Noodle. Um, something about how I can't stand the twins. I think that's, uh. I just can't, I can't state enough how much the twins get on my fucking nerves. Everything else about this movie is perfect. And the twins being a pile of shit are perfect. I just want to name this movie. The witch that should have ate these fucking twins. <laughs> should have been Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> That's what I'm naming this movie. The twins should have fucking died. I like it. Oh my gosh. What about you, Mary? Um, I was thinking maybe, and this is not actually a usable title, really. Like, I don't, I feel like it's too much of a mess. But it's a reference to one of my favorite plays, The Goat. Mm-hmm. I know that play. Being reference to The Goat or Who is Sylvia by Albie. It's cool. Cool. Which is also a family unraveling kind of story. And if you've never read it or seen it, I highly recommend that you go do that. It is arguably horror because it is repulsive and terrifying. (laughs) Got it. Yeah. But it's also some of the most beautiful writing I've ever read. So, What about you, Charles? Uh, The straight fucked Brady Bunch. (laughs) 
awesome. Mine was really similar to that. Mine was, um, regardless, you're fucked. That's a good one, too. <laughs> Whatever is the case, regardless, you're fucked. I'm sorry, I'm stuck on the Brady Bunch, like, and them popping up in the squares, like the Brady Bunch, and, like, Black Phillip <laughs> popping up in the middle <laughs> oh, one. No. Like, he's Alice. How badass would that be? Here's a story of a cute black goat. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Who was actually really Satan? But I like the idea of them each like singing lines, but then when it gets to him, it's like the terrifying black Philip voice. Yeah. And he's not singing the song at all. He's just doing his creepy ass shit. That's when the bass drops. Yeah. Nice. The music falls out. No, no, I think it's better if the song just keeps going and he's like, oh Do you want to live delicious? And like, that's like, that's not what's happening right now, Philip. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> And, like, the song is, like, trying to go... This is actually more of an SNL digital short, isn't it? it I is. like the way yeah. you leaned it. Yeah. Actually, guys, real on a side note, what makes this an SNL digital short is, and the viewers don't know this, but I'm looking at a screen of all of us on the bottom, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I just I, I look like me. Mary Kay looks super happy to be doing this. Mary looks like she has the flu... <laughs> And she's dying. And Megan actually does. And Megan looks. <laughs> Megan looks like she's playing fucking Fortnite on Twitch. <laughs> All right, it's Overwatch. Get it straight. I really love the part where Charles just suggested I look disgusting. You just look ill. You got a little thing on. No, you're just cold and swaddled like a newborn baby. You do look swaddled. Yeah, you look cold. <laughs> and your headphones kind of look like earmuffs too. Oh, yeah. For once, yeah. a Texan is not just bitching out their ass when they say it's actually cold here. I want to put my hand on your forehead and ask if you're feeling okay. How's it feel? How you doing? That's a loaded question right now, sir. I'm going to rescue you from this tangent. You should never say that. I don't know what's wrong with you, but here's my next question. What did y'all think about the conceit and the setting of this movie? Like, it's in the colonial era. They get ostracized for them, the community. And they are also preyed upon by a supernatural evil. Yeah, man. When you first frantically text me and were like, if you don't log on to Amazon right now and rent this fucking movie, I'm going to punch you in the throat. <laughs> I did. That's probably exactly verbatim what I said, too. So I did. So I log in and I read the description. And I'm like, Mary Kay is leading me astray. And this sounds like it's going to be stupid and cheesy and everything that I don't want in a film. And then I watched it and I was like, Mm -hmm. on paper, it sounded like it was going to be crap. And then I watched it and I was like, oh my God, I don't even understand how that much incredible was put into 90 minutes. It doesn't feel like 90 minutes. No. It feels shorter and longer. Yeah. Because they do so much. Like there's no fluff, you know, it's all important. Yeah. I guess like I thought the setting was amazing. I really did. I guess... The movie starts off in the courtroom. I mean, I understand why they banished him. Actually, no, I don't. I don't fully understand what was he doing in court in the first place. That I didn't get. Like, was he just too Christian for the room? Like, Basically, yeah. Yes. I love the blowout there of starting in a setting that looks like, oh, I I get this. I know Salem Witch Trials. I know Mm -hmm. The Crucible. This is the familiar thing. And then immediate, like, beginning with the, this isn't going to be that at all. Psych! This isn't going to be a societal thing. Like, we're Mm -hmm. not examining the way the rest of the world treats this family. We're examining the way this family treats itself. And they have to be that isolated. There has to be that setup for them to be that isolated for that to make sense. Yeah. And I think also like what I think most viewers go into like these kind of historical dramas looking for or like expecting is like the M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end. where like, oh, there is no witch. There was never a witch. But there was a fucking witch. The whole time. We like expect it to be revisionist because we know about the Salem witch trials and that 
No, it was paranoia. It was based on a lot of other like political shit. And then, oh, there's a fucking witch. There's a bunch of witches and worse. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Why did they have a court date in the first place? Um, because Because somebody called CPS on his ass. Basically. Yeah. They were like, you're not doing this the right way. And he was like, what did we come? That's the opening line, right? What went we into these woods to find? What went we into these woods to find? They wanted freedom from religion. And he's like, and now you're telling me I can't have that. So yeah, I'll leave. Goodbye. Well, he said, I cannot be judged by false Christians. Like he was too pure or something. I just, I was trying to, that's the mm-hmm. one thing I couldn't completely figure out. I mean, I, in his defense, I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to be judged by the Quaker Oat Square guys either. Just and not, and not understanding why. I don't think they're Quakers. They have the similar headwear. You're confused by the hats, but they're not actually Quakers. I could <laughs> see how the hats could be deceiving, though. Look, here's what happened, y'all. They are the Quaker Oat Square guys. Okay. Um, William wanted to keep the original recipe. These guys wanted to put in a dash of cinnamon, and <laughs> he wasn't having it. Is that how you eat your own? That's what the opener should have been. How do you eat your oatmeal? Take your Quaker Oat Squares and trouble us. Oh, my gosh. Who eats oatmeal? It's 2018. Like, there's so many other breakfast foods to choose from. Charles eats oatmeal because he's old, and he has to worry about his heart. He has new teeth, though. They're really nice. They are very nice teeth. That's he cause... reenacted a scene from Top Gun. You could punch them in the mouth, and they won't go anywhere. They're fighter teeth. That's because they're bullshit. Those are Iceman teeth. Um, oh, but to be for real, like, I think that is why he got kicked out. And he actually goes kind of voluntarily. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that really set up the narrative is, like, you question William. Is he the witch the whole time? Yeah. Because he's the one that's practicing the wrong way or whatever. And, you know, totally secure in doing that and re- putting his whole family at risk. And then you also question Thomason because she's the one who is freaked out by that verdict, like in the Mm -hmm. opening shots. Like Caleb has to be like, Thomason, you know, come on. Because she's like, this is bad. And she's the only one who seems to like realize the gravity of it. Yeah. I think if anyone's going to be like, no, I super want to be a part of mainstream society, it's probably going to be your teenage daughter. Makes sense. Can I just put a small insert in? And I've said it before and I'll say it again. She is such... An incredible actress. She's amazing. Like, first of all, because she's young and she's a great actress, but also, yeah. like, we've seen her in a couple different films that are all, like, similar but vastly different. And this girl's over here, like, she knows how to use doth properly, unlike us. <laughs> yes, she does. Because <laughs> like, I'd be like, those seems like they would be difficult lines to remember and execute without being yeah. cheesy. And she seemed, it seemed so natural unrelated to what we're talking about yeah all of the children too yeah except for the twins that accent is so distinctive man it's insane how she pulled that off because she's american right she's not english is she i think so i think she's american that's impressive yeah we're talking about anya taylor joy if you guys don't know this actress she's bomb somebody tweet her and tell her how much we love her on it oh my gosh i do it all the time (laughs) i'm just waiting for her to subtweet me i already did i actually hit her up on a few different She didn't get back to me. It's a whole headache. I'm in a little bit of legal trouble. (laughs) Okay, let us know when it works out. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of Twitter, by the time that this posts, we will have our Twitter rehabilitated from Mary Kay destroying it. It's really like I saw it crawling across the floor and then smacked it with my shoe. I destroyed it, (laughs) and I don't know how or why I did it. But by the time this comes up, we'll be back, so please do follow us. It's Horror Show Girls. That's our handle. Oh, I didn't know that. How cool. It's a twofer. That was Mary. Mary created that. 
I like it. What the? You didn't know that? You've been interacting with the Twitter back when it was alive. Not me, girl. I know nothing about Twitter. I don't have a Twitter. I think I made a Twitter, made like two tweets, and was like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Oh, man, I was tagging you and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you have this like sad little dormant Twitter, and I'm like, hey, girl, let's get... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twitter is fucked up. So we were talking about William, but which character do y'all think was the most fucked up? Can I just say about William real quick before this goes down a dark path that I can't come back from? Yep. Yep. That his voice being the very first thing I heard for the first full minute of the movie, I was like, uh-huh. I don't know what happened to my panties. <laughs> oh, yeah. No! The voices in this movie, like the men's voices Ooh. is like, Whoa, yeah. I feel like I could Whoa. listen to this as like an audiobook almost like in the car and I yeah. would still enjoy it. Like, can none of you get it? Because no, one of you is terrifying and one of you is a terrifying goat. But also, <laughs> you can get it. Yeah. Also, yet another film for Mary Kay to enjoy a shirtless man right. chopping wood with an axe. I do like that when they chop wood. Oh, God, that's right. That is your thing. <laughs> Where the fuck were his clothes? It's one of my things. I'm not a one-trick pony. I like things. Can I want all the things? She has many things. She's not one-dimensional. I don't even need washboard abs. I just need an axe. And maybe a Henley, even, if you don't want to be shirtless. And gray sweatpants. Gray sweatpants. (laughs) Does he only have one change of clothes? Like, he's, like, rocking a sheet while he's chopping wood? I mean, maybe. They did not have very many possessions. They were, like, all packed on that one little sad-ass, sagging-ass wagon with the shitty suspension. Ooh, I was worried about them. They hit a bump and their whole thing went like, woof, woof. Like, it just swirled. I was like, yeah, y'all can't be singing this much. You're not going to hear when it starts coming apart. (laughs) (laughs) I think Mama Catherine was the most fucked up. Thank you. I hate her, too. My God, she boiled my blood. That woman is so far making a good-ass living playing unhinged mamas. You're right. (laughs) You're right. She is. You're not wrong. She sucks. It's Katie Dickey, right? Yeah. Is that her name? From Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah. I forgot that was yeah. her. Yeah, she plays Lysa in Game of Thrones. Damn. Look, find your niche and make it work. I would hate it if that were my niche. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I don't care if they pay me as much as she's getting paid. Anything can be my niche. I mean, that's fair. I think that she also has, like, weird issues with nursing. <laughs> no shit. Like, nursing her children, based on those mm-hmm. two examples. <laughs> yeah. Like, one of them was a 10-year-old, and one of them was a terrifying bird. Yeah. Well, like that. Those twins were hefty, though, man. And the bird was a witch. Yeah. Because that's what Caleb says during the exorcism, I guess, um, where he's, like, naming all the animals, like a crow, a raven, a big black dog. Speaking of Caleb and fucked up, that death scene is the most scared I have been watching anything we have watched so far. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that. Yeah. It's real scary. It's horrifying. Come to thy bosom. He is, for me... The most identifiable, like, I can identify with him the best. You're the horny little boy? Well, kinda. But, I mean, he and Thomason are very similar, right? Like, they're very secured in their faith. Like, they're very confident. They're very worried about, like, what's going to happen to their souls. And Thomason is actually worried about, like, physically surviving, too, which I think makes sense to me. But Caleb's seduction is a little more like, oh, whoa, this is happening. Like, there's this hot lady in front of me. And now her mouth is on my mouth, and I don't know how to deal with that. I feel like that is a much more likely situation for me to be in (laughs) than demanding of a beast that he talks to me, following him into the barn, taking off my clothes when he asked me to, and then 
signing a book, like signing a contract that I don't know how to read. Like, first of all, I would never feel more like a little mermaid in my life than I do in the moment I'm signing a scary, scary contract. Secondly, apparently our lives are more different than I thought because I definitely see myself following a goat into a barn being like, bitch, give it up. <laughs> the goat talking to me in a voice that's somehow just as sexy as Liam Neeson's. <laughs> and then me just like stripping butt ass naked, little mermaiding my way into a grove full of bitches. Like, yeah, that's definitely me. That, that seems more likely than me wandering into a forest and making out with a hot woman. I feel like if it were going to happen, it would have happened by now. <laughs> I wasn't talking about a hot woman specifically. I just meant like happening upon a hot person in the woods who just like starts making out with me, given my fascination slash infatuation with chopping wood. Charles's face. I think you all have a collective crush on old men with laryngitis. Not me. Well, it seems like it's working out pretty well for you. So. Yeah, I was about to say, okay, Charles. Wow. Oh no. What the fuck? You guys, Charles is my boyfriend. Weren't we disguising that really well just now? Speaking of this, actually. Actually, now that you've opened up this can of worms, Charles. <laughs> open up a hardly set of fucking words. Oh, I just decided to let you have it because it's fun for me. It's what you do best. We opened it for you. So we spent a long time trying to be just friends. And then we were like almost kissing one time. Oh shit, we're doing this. Oh yeah. All right. So we watched The Witch, like, the first time we hung out as friends. And then, like, <laughs> we were both, like, trying to be friends. Oh, and then he whispered in my ear, say it. Say the thing. Do it. Do it. Do the thing. You know you've been practicing. Don't hold out now. I was practicing William. Not the, I think I said, uh, shit. Can't hear you. I heard nothing. What the fuck was that? Remove thy shift. I said remove thy shift, like you said in the movie. <laughs> no, I think you said it. <laughs> I think you said one of the first things that... Oh, I said, would you like to live life deliciously or something like that? Yes, oh, no, no, no. Like no, what I said was, without like a pretty dress. That's what it was. <laughs> it, was the, it was like the most innocuous one. <laughs> and I was like, Ugh. I don't know, but he, like, Black Phillip in this movie, like, drove a hard bargain, though. He was yeah, like, he you want some butter? And I was like, yeah. Maybe. I might. You want to see the world? Yeah. Can I have a dress? Yeah. If that had been me, this movie would have ended very differently. He would have been like, would sound like the taste of butter. And I would have been like, bitch, yeah, sign up. Okay, what do I do? What, what do I do? Can I put it on? Mary's just already naked. Like, do you want some butter? You're just already naked. <laughs> he was like, oh, I, I, had a, I had a whole thing. Can I do, can I do the thing? Oh, oh, sorry, but sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah do, do your thing. Do, do your thing. thing. You finish. I'll be right here. We're waiting. But yes, my answer, yes, I would love some butter. <laughs> He's like, okay, well... <laughs> He said, he asked it doesn't take much was... to please us, Charles. Women are simple. We want butter and men with axes. God. And okay. butter, dresses, travel. That's pretty much it. It's everybody's <laughs> dating profile. Food, travel, mm -hmm. and clothes as pictured. Mm -hmm. And they can barely read also, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. It seems right to me. I want to go back to Catherine, kind of. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, God, she sucks. Because she's like the next to last one that gets got, you know, mm -hmm. like he never really gets William. William is doing all the precautionary stuff, but he gets Catherine. He gets first Samuel, kind of the baby. And then Caleb. What and do you mean? Kind of. Well, the witches get the baby. Okay. That's fair. The unbaptized baby to use as flying ointment, just fucking horrifying. I thought it was for dope ass moisturizer. <laughs> so when I said in the American Psycho episode that I was trying to get straight fetal, that is not what I meant uh, at all. 
You don't rub a baby on your face for your skincare? I, I want to look like the baby. I don't want to wear the baby. You don't want to be the baby. Got it. Oh, I might want to be the baby. I don't know. I want to have to. <laughs> I want to go to start over. I want to be a baby. <laughs> exactly. Baby gut moisturizer. But yeah, so he, he gets Catherine almost like right before Jonas and Mercy, but they're like collateral. And his ultimate end game is Thomason. But we see the M.O. kind of unravels when we see what happens to Catherine, like that she's made to hallucinate. And basically her family is totally taken from her. Everything that's important to her is taken from her. And then Black Phillip gets her by offering like a little bit of hope. You know, like he makes her Mm -hmm. totally hopeless and then offers a little bit back. And then, you know, you see her nursing the witch. I thought her only job in the movie was to say, enough, I'll not hear of it. Every time she would ask a question. We will stop. Well, she kept asking questions, and they try to answer it, and she'd go, enough. I cannot. I'm not hearing it. I was like, well, bitch, what'd you fucking ask for? God, get off everybody's ass. Tell us how you really feel about Catherine. I have problems with my mother. Uh, she does rail pretty hard against William, though. I liked William. Did you guys like him? I, I identified with William more than most of the other characters, not because I am so religious and strict with myself, but because I could see, you know, he was a person who was trying to do well and messed up in front of us and tried to correct his mistakes and wasn't totally successful. He was a very, he was accessible to me, even though his goals and desires were not mine personally. Yeah. Of like, he's really trying his best and not really delivering. Is that what you mean? Well, yeah. They're like letting Caleb lie for him. Yeah. It's this moment with this, it's this huge lapse in his moral code. And yet yeah. he recognizes that what Caleb is doing can make his earlier lapse, not just okay, but like Caleb is like stepping up mm-hmm. in the way that he stepped up by buying the traps in the first place. Right. Like he, he can recognize that and try to let it play out, but then he still does say something ultimately to clarify the situation. So I just felt like I could identify with someone who was trying, who was making judgment calls that even if I from the outside could see like, that's not the move, man. Yeah. I could understand why he made the choices he did. Yeah. He's trying to like keep the peace. It seems like. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, nobody is talking about the baby because it's just like, we can't deal with that right now. Mm-hmm. It's like too much to deal with. And Catherine is like, this is your fault. And now our baby's in hell. And he's like, you don't know that. And she's like, yeah, I do. Because that's what my church teaches. The church that you took me away from and the country that you took me away from. And I want to go back to that now. And she like gives him no end of shit, which I mean, I guess he deserves, but I liked him. I thought that he, like you said, Mary, like wasn't a provider. Like even Thomason says, thou canst do nothing save cut wood. Like, that's what I know about you. It's like, you are totally inept at everything important. Yeah, pretty much. One of the scary things for me about this movie was the teenager being our... Well, I think maybe you could make an argument for William being the protagonist in some degree, but Thompson is certainly our entry point, mm-hmm. the point of view with which we are presented. And having been a teenage girl, I remember the part where leading up to me going to college... My mom just lit so many fires in the previous three months that when I went for college, we weren't speaking. And we didn't speak again until Thanksgiving when I came home because she just couldn't. In hindsight, she couldn't. I'm the oldest. I was the first to leave. She just, she couldn't deal with it. And the way Thompson relates to her mother 
and how immediate that woman would just turn on a dime on her. Like one second, everything was good. Love, love, love. The next second, yeah. she was obviously a monster who was murdering her siblings. The fact that her dad stuck through it with her for so long. Oh my God, up until the very end. And that's the thing. Even then, he wasn't giving her up. No. When she finally snapped on him, he was trying to make it work and she snapped on him. And that memory like, of being a teenager and feeling like navigating relationships with my parents and things, one of us always pushing away the other while we're mm-hmm. trying to figure out what that looks like for me to become an adult and how scary that was and how many points at which I it really felt like maybe it wasn't fixable. That was scary to me. Yeah. And I have a great relationship with both of my parents now and I'm incredibly grateful, but... Yeah, it was scary. Like, I'm getting clumped thinking about it. I mean, yeah, it's good to know they were teenagers even back when there weren't teenagers. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, there was still that relationship. Oh, uh, that's a good point. But um, I don't know. You guys mentioned Caleb earlier, but is no one going to talk about the fact that he's checking out his sister? Because that's Krupski. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's less than ideal. I can really relate to Caleb because, you know, he's the... No, he was checking out his sister. That's creepy. He's checking out what is there for him to check out. Like, it's better to check out his sister than his mom. I was going to say, developmentally, that's not super weird. I didn't think so. I mean, it's kind of gross. From, like, a child development psychological standpoint, it's not necessarily, like, an uncommon thing. But it doesn't mean it's not uncomfortable to witness. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, it's I understood that I was like, these are the boobs you can see. (laughs) You guys are making some really smart, really interesting points. I thought it was kind of funny. He was looking at his sister's boobs. <laughs> Methinks the Charles doth protest too much. <laughs> yeah, I'm protesting a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I didn't feel like he was, like, making moves on her or anything. He just, like, would catch a glimpse of something that was fascinating to him and be like, oh, dear God. I didn't think so either. I, I actually agree with you. I just thought it was funny because he was looking at his sister's boobs and thought it'd be funny to mention that. <laughs> when I teach this to 18-year-olds, that's the first thing they bring up to. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for the 18-year-old humor. <laughs> But his death scene, for similar reasons, the fact that he dies in this ecstasy that I can only assume is meant to look a hell of a lot like an orgasm. I was like, I cannot. I kept waiting for like some kind of like jump scare or snap. And the fact that it never happened was (laughs) the worst. That's the part where I was just like laying still. First of all, it's freezing here, so all three animals were just, like, on top of me, and that's the only reason that I was even remotely okay with the yeah. fact that I could not reach for a blanket because it was cold as shit, but I was like, I can't move, I can't move, I can't move. I need to have my back up against this pillow and this couch so nothing comes up behind me while I'm watching this. Oh, my God. Like, it was uncomfortable, and it was also terrifying. Like, having seen yeah. the other stuff these witches are capable of, like, they put his brother in a... Butter churn. Yeah, yeah. Which also, to me, was like, is this, like, jacking off for a witch? I'm not I sure. don't think so. Um, oh my God. I'm not 100% sure, but I don't think that's what jerking off for a witch is. Like, this is, this is the motion. And then they go ride that stick through the sky. It's not that far off. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, knowing what the witches were capable of otherwise, I kept waiting for a moment that there was going to be some snap, yeah. that one of them would be in the room, that he would transform in some way, and instead it was just a slow burn that... Like, cooked down to a nice ember where they could just roast the rest of me for their movie. I think that scene is so well done because it is essentially an exorcism. Like, he's trying, the witches are trying to take his soul from him, is what it looks like, through, like, his mm-hmm. lust, basically. But his will is so strong that, like, yeah, he caved in the woods and then he made it back somehow. 
and then he's with his parents and then they pry that apple out of his mouth, which was amazing. I don't know how they did that. And then he is the whole time trying to fight this woman off, right? He's like, she's upon me. They're upon me. And his family is just so there and like helping him and they're praying around him. And then finally he hears them and says, I think it's the Psalm with them. Mm. But basically like his family saves him kind of, I mean, he does die. We know this, but I mean, he talks about like, he has that rapturous moment of talking about like where he sees heaven and something is lifting him physically up and then he falls back down. But I thought that was like the second scariest scene to me. What's the scariest for you? Well, I want to go back to two things with the father-son relationship, because when Caleb lies about the cup, he's like perpetuating that first lie. And I think that's also supposed to be the trading silver of betraying Christ that was supposed to make us suspicious of William and that he's, it's kind of contagious, right? Like Caleb perpetuates it. And then he also says to Thomason, a wolf stole Sam. Father showed me the tracks. So he's like all in with whatever his dad says. Isn't each character ultimately like the the moment that turns their fate begins with a lie? Yeah. William has begun before we see him with the traps. Caleb happens when he lies for his father. Mm -hmm. Thompson, when she says, yes, I am the witch of the wood. The twins, when they say, oh, yes, she's bewitching us. She's bewitching us. They never come all the way right back Mm -mm. from that. Like something doesn't ever go right again. Everyone lies. And the moment of the lie is the split. And I think the only one that I'm not super aware of lying is Catherine, but I don't think she can discern the truth from a lie. That's a very good point. That may be why she stays around so long. I had, and still have, every time I watch this, a fresh hell opens for me about like, why is this movie scary? That's why it's not like one of our main questions, because we're going to be talking about that shit the whole time. Like, this is not one where it's like, well, it didn't really, I wasn't the audience. Like, there's some shit in it for everyone. Like, there's a hell in it for everyone. I think it was missing the delicious death rattle of both the twins. That was just an element I really thought was missing from the movie. Mm, It's a slow and painful death for those little shits. Yeah. I bet you were pretty satisfied, though, when the dad snatched them both up one with each hand. I like, actually, a little bit that we didn't see them go. Because I don't know that they're gone, man. I don't even want to think about the possibility. They were, like, way too complicit in this whole thing. Yeah. They've been, like, communing with Black Phillip for a long time. Well, they're young. They're five. Yeah, that's another thing. It seems like the devil gets to the kids and not the adults. Well, they said, they told Thompson at one point, Black Phillip said you were a witch, you're a witch. When they're all in there tending to, I don't know, pay for no apparent reason. They said that Black Phillip said that you were a witch. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, while you're talking about tending hay, can you imagine having to shovel shit in a corset? What the fuck? That sounds like hell. Nope. Like I noticed that happening this time I watched it. On any day, I don't want to be in a corset, much less shoveling shit in a corset. That was the name of my 90s band that never took off. Did you just say you would wear a corset only and never take it off? Yeah, that's what I said. That's what I That's what I hoped was what you oh said. Oh, my God. I just think you'd look amazing in a corset. Oh, God. You probably would. What? When's your birthday? That's what we're all going to chip in and get you. My birthday was last week. You missed it, unfortunately. No, his birthday's in seven days. Damn, stop telling people things. <laughs> This is his birthday episode. Ooh. Oh my god, you're in yeah. our birthday season, our shared birthday season. Share birthday. We share birthday. Aww. Happy birthday, fellow almost birthday twin. Mary Kay is all over me about doing something for my birthday, and it's like 
Like, no one cares that you're 41. It's not oh, a thing. It's like a sad Blink-182 song. That is actually the least interesting age. Thank you. Mary gets it. <laughs> 42 is dope because it's like, and, yes. oh my God, the second number is half of the first one. Right. 41 is like, well. Who gives a shit? Uh, Who cares? Uh, yeah. Like, we just made a whole fucking thing last year because 40 is a big deal. And I, I, I just can't, you know. They blew up the old dome oh, on yeah. his birthday That's last cool. year. Oh, shit. For him. Oh, look at that. Yeah, I had to get up at 5.30 in the morning for my birthday. It's all for you, Charles. It's all for you. Charles. Oh, God. Yeah. It's blew up the old dome as Thing? Oh God! Yes. Okay. Blow up the old dome. I love it. Title of your sex tape. Blow it up the old dome. We're gonna workshop that later, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Blow up the old dome. Put together a little development team. We're gonna brainstorm. Well, brainstorm is also a sex thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God! This is the darkest timeline. It is even darker than the scariest scene that I thought was in the movie. What is it? What is it scarier than Caleb's dying? After William boards them up in the barn and he's having that really desperate prayer where he says, I beg thee, my Christ, I have not damned my family when he really hasn't done anything wrong. I beg thee, Christ, I have not damned my family. Oh my gosh, you sound just like him. <laughs> Can you do that in the brainstorming, blowing up the dome later, please? <laughs> See, yeah, that's great. Why don't you just talk like that all the time? Can you finish the rest of the episode like that? What I can... went we into the wilderness to find? Oh my gosh, keep going forever. I've been working on the rest. Exactly. See, that's nice. Just talk that way all the time, Charles. Damn you know it. what that does to my throat and my singing voice? <laughs> I don't give a shit what it does. Nobody asked you if you were comfortable. Your singing voice? Your singing voice? Yeah, my singing voice. <sighs> I mean... You did a beautiful rendition of the Black Phillips song on... Wait, I did a beautiful rendition of what, Megan? The Black Phillips song. Black Phillip, Black Phillip, Black Black Phillip, crown upon his head. Wait, I would love to hear you do Bye Bye Birdie, but I'd like to see you do all the, like, physicality and gesture work (laughs) of Anne-Margaret while you do it, please. Bye Bye Birdie. I can't do that. Yes. Body of Anne-Margaret, voice of William. Hate to see you go. Into the wilderness. I cannot be judged by false Christians. Charles, tell us about these twins. They suck. They suck. I hope they died a horrible death. That is my commentary. Damn. I want you to read exactly what you wrote in the outline because I love it. I don't even remember. Uh, oh, because they're lying about. Well, they thought it was fucking funny. They sat there. They, okay, they sat there in the barn. They said, Black Phillip told us that you were a witch. And we're going to tell, you know, we're going to convince mom and dad that you're a witch. Then they go up there with their dying fucking brother. And they think it's funny to, like, play goddamn games at the time. She's a witch. She's putting a spell on me right now. Ah, it couldn't have been more unconvincing performance. But the parents win. Oh, God. Fuck those kids. They're the ones I hate the most. And I hate that they're fat. And everyone else is starving. All they've got to eat is like rotten corn. But somehow these two little fat fucks get to walk around. They're oh the real God. witches. I have issues with my sibling. Um, I haven't worked out. Uh, we don't talk anymore. And uh, this has just been a real creative outlet for me to talk about my feelings. Oh, my God. All three of us instantly went to go hold our own face. <laughs> 
You know, sometimes you feel something so hard you have to hold your face so your face doesn't tell everybody what you're thinking. I wish somebody had got a picture of all three of us instantly. Just go do this. <laughs> First of all, if anyone's going to be chubby, let's let it be the children. They run everywhere anyway. They jump everywhere anyway. I've never seen a child walk to any location in my life. <laughs> Including these two children. Everywhere they go, they're like, Black Phillip, Black Phillip. They're skipping. Uh, like Thompson is like come here and they're like bitch no and they run the other direction <laughs> like like everything is running or jumping or skipping uh, like they're fine secondly <laughs> anyone can be whatever size they want all the time not when your whole family's starving they can't I have been 11 pounds overweight my whole uh. life <laughs> uh. Uh, you're doing a hell of a lot better than I am girl Hey, did any, am I the, just going back to Caleb real quick, am I the only one who wondered where he got his, like, dope Abercrombie knitted cap while everyone else was wearing the fucking big pilgrim hat? Where did he get that thing? Satan. Why would you want to wear a cap, Charles? Does your head get extra cold? Sometimes my head gets extra cold, Mary. I don't have any hair. It's winter. <laughs> Is it because of the obvious? Is it because you're bald? Yes. <laughs> okay. I don't need to take your shit. It's a bald joke. Oh, man. Charles is giving Jack a run for his money for being the best sport. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look at that hood. He put on his hood and then pulled the drawstring so you could only see the tip of his nose. He looks like a butthole. <laughs> Actually, he looks like a bearded face coming out of a butthole, which is kind of like an alien monstery. That's the scariest part of this whole movie. That's what I was trying to be for Halloween, but Mary Kay made me be uh, Adrian Pimento instead. God, Mary Kay, you suck. Not make you. Adrian Pimento oh is God. the fucking jam. You should have been a hairy face coming out of a butthole, though, Mary. God. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to dress up to do that. You just are that. You want it to be an asshole beard monster. <laughs> is that what you want it to be? <laughs> Because, honestly, I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean, it's original. How many other hairy asshole monsters do you think there were walking around? Oh my gosh, an infinite number. Honestly, an infinite number. I was going to say, you could be like, oh, I'm a hipster. I'm a bearded asshole. Ayo. Hey. And then, you know, you could just wear a hoodie all night and no one would fuck with you. Speaking of people that nobody wants to fuck with, what about Black Phillip? You don't fuck with Black Phillip. Are we done with the twins? Yes, I was done with the twins when that movie started. I knew I was going to hate those old <laughs> bastards. I hope they got dysentery when they were going away on their little Oregon Trail-looking wagon in the very beginning. God. Fuck those kids. They got cholera and bit by a snake, and they didn't Good. buy the anti-venom because what are the chances? They deserve <laughs> it. They deserve all of that. Fuck the Oregon Trail. Let me tell you guys this. Did you know that fording the river just means walking into it? Yes. Yeah. You didn't know that? I didn't. I was like, yeah. fording means like you're yes. doing something. It's a verb. It's not just like going up in it. I've seen like a single episode of the Waltons. Did you not see the animations? Well, I never would have picked fording the river if I knew it just meant walking with all my shit straight up into this rapid flowing body of water. And that's oh, why I always you know what would be cool? fucked up on the Oregon Trail. I was five years old. I don't know what fording means. It would be cool if the twins went fording in the river and then the river took them and their parents were <laughs> very sad <laughs> i think that is kind of metaphorically what happens to them though because their age makes them like pawns for anyone they're not responsible for anything that they do yeah because they're so young that's what my paper was about when i presented this past spring about this movie it was about how the twins are the most foobar aspect of the movie i've since 
altered my perspective a little bit, but I do think that like across cultures, historically there have been problems with twins because you always assume one of them's evil. Yeah. Well, also it's inherently unnatural. Yeah. To have more than one child at once. Right. Like it's not, especially in this time period when it was like science with air quotes. Yeah. It's not an uncommon societal perspective to think that there's already something wrong. And there's so much like anecdotal weirdness about twins connection and their understanding of each other. It's beyond language. And everyone knows a story about a twin who knew that their twin half a country away, like was hit by a car at the exact moment or like felt the other twins pain or whatever the hell. Or like that fully ado where like both Mm -hmm. of them run into traffic. Yeah, exactly. So there's already this sense that it is inherently unnatural or supernatural that they exist let alone whatever the hell they choose to do beyond that. That's a really good point, actually. Also, if you can't tell, I've thought about this a lot because fraternal twins run in my family, and I'm just desperately afraid that I'm going to, like... My great-grandmother had three sets. Damn. That's too many. God, yeah, yeah, that's way too many. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm a little concerned about that. I mean, my shit's locked down right now, but... Clearly that hasn't always worked in the past. So I'm just, I'm just braced for impact that I'm going to have a little set of Jonas and Mercy murdering me, basically. That's highly likely. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's how I interpreted the science. Thank Your doctor you. should have advised you of that. God damn it. Get away, Charles. I shall witch thee. Actually, she <laughs> makes a really good point, but I also wonder if the movie and the story would have been better if the twins had been cyberbullied and then had super low self-esteem. What do you guys think? I see Megan's look. Given that I'm not Kelly Kapoor, I feel like probably not. I don't. I wouldn't want to watch that. All three of the other people in this episode, Charles, have worked with teenagers who are mentally unstable. Much better at getting a reaction like that than you are. <laughs> so we're all just going to keep holding our temples tight and segueing. It's what I do best. <laughs> I think Mary Kay might actually be the best with the segue. She's real strong. It's because she's a college professor. I've been trying real hard, but you guys keep pulling me back in. I'm like Michael Corleone, just when I think I'm out. I'm really good at segues. Segway is thin. Segway is Charles. Here you go. Okay, now let's talk about something, another thing now. <laughs> Damn. That's what I'm talking about. I'm a professional. Right, I quit. I quit this podcast. <laughs> she just quit. Make her quit. Just, she ain't quit. She went to get more warheads. Shut right? up. <laughs> I'm out. She just loves them. I got a whole handful out of my purse and I ate them all while we were waiting for Charles to fix his mic and I'm ashamed of myself. Why? This is the one time in your life you get to eat everything. This is what the cup holder of my desk looks like. <laughs> Well, mine looks like cat medication, so you're fine. Okay. So they are, like, all young and babyish, so Black Phillip can be like, hey, bitches, guess what? Like, I can't do that. I can't drop my voice. Anthropomorphic animal. I know you love this shit. (laughs) I'm a talking animal. (laughs) That was incredible. I know. I just gave in to my cartoon voice. (laughs) Now, though, I think my cartoon voice would be the hormone monstrous from Big Mouth. Now that I've heard her. Yeah. Rub his nose in it. (laughs) That's my favorite line. So Philip and the witches can directly latch on to the children, right? Looks like it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Whereas the adults need to be come at through the children. 
Well, because they've passed the age of accountability. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So with Thompson, hypothetically, she has, probably. Yeah. But that's such a question throughout. Like, are the twins really hearing this goat, or are they just being like shitheads? And if they're really hearing it, but then Caleb is also accessible. So that moment at the end where she does, where he finally speaks, is so fucking satisfying. Yeah. Because she has to be stripped of all of that. Everything that she was accountable to. Everything she understood. Everything that kept her human, essentially. Has to be gone. I think she pretty much achieved that when she killed her mom. I mean, I think arguably it's kind of a state of innocence in that all of the stuff that, that... It's that accountability that makes you an adult. And once all the accountability is gone and she is a naked child, then she can hear him and interact with him. Yeah, well, who... This is Mary Kay, right? It says, if you're proud of Thompson at the end, you miss the point. Mm-hmm. I feel like... I, this is my first time watching it. So I feel like I get that, and also I still am, and I can't help myself. But there's a part of me that right. that is, like, gratified that, like, yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. If you're going to lose your whole damn life over the thing, then fuck it. Ride a broom to hell, bitch. Do it. I think that's how it works, though, now. I don't think the point of it was that. But yeah, I get what you're saying, though. I feel like if I kept watching it over and over, I would have different reactions every time. But this first time, there's very much a, like, Oh, I probably should feel this way, but I kind of do. Well, yeah, because, like, somebody finally, like, values her, even if it's definitely to her detriment. But, yeah, I had a friend, months after she watched it, my friend Rachel sent me this meme of the mom from Arrested Development eating popcorn. It is, like, me at the end of The Witch. Good for you, bitch. Good for you. (laughs) I saw that. (laughs) I'll post it, but... It was like, kinda, and also, like, it's not good for her, though. Like, she's tricked into thinking it's good for her. It seems better in the moment. But there's butter and dresses and travel, so... Which she got none, by the way. Look, I'm not saying it wouldn't work on me. I'm just saying, like, being outside of it. He took her dress. He didn't give her one. She didn't get any butter, and all she did was walk about, about a quarter, quarter and a half miles into the woods around a fire. She did get to fly. That was dope, but... I'm just saying, what was on the contract that she signed? What was on that fucking contract that she can't read? Right. She found a bomb-ass book club, it looked like. (laughs) And the book club can fly. Okay. So, I don't... I wonder what was on the contract, though. What did it... I mean, she obviously, she can't read. Yeah. Well, I mean, the folktale version of it is you sign Satan's book and he takes your soul. Mm -hmm. And then you work for him forever, for free. Mm -hmm. So... That's what's implied, but we don't know because she can't read it, which is another horror because she doesn't know what she's signing. She's just like, oh, you want me to write my name? I would if I could, bitch. <laughs> it's like me with the Apple Terms of Service every single time. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Fuck it. Okay. What are these words? Did you know there are numbers in there? Ah, <laughs> uh, X. So did you guys like the ending, though? I mean, I know like we are not proud of her at the end, but did you like the way that it ended like narratively? I loved yes. it. Yes. Uh everything and not just because black philip has a very sexy voice and if you turn up the brightness on your screen you can see him too it is good business i saw that youtube video and he is one delicious man (laughs) you mean goat i'm assuming no he's a man No, the guy that plays the voice oh you mean when he's behind her Dear God, Mary. You can also see if you turn up the brightness. So what happens is you see the book on the ground and you see Thomason's feet and then you see a hoof and then you see a boot. Yeah. Like he turns into a man when he walks behind her. Did I send you the video of the guy that did the voice of Black Philip, like recording his lines? Did I ever send that to you? 
No, what? You- no, bitch, do it. God damn it. <laughs> okay. I need to do that because somebody posted and they were like, um, Black Philip can get it. And I was like, <laughs> Black Philip is super hot. I'm not sure what his ethnicity is in real life, but he looks like a fucking Portuguese conquistador in the movie. I mean, it's perfect. He looks like Captain Hook, but hot, right? Is that the vibe you're getting? I know that's what I thought. Also, I did not need pushing to think Captain Hook was hot, so I'm about it. I love that hook for a hand. Ooh, we. <laughs> Look, I'm going to send this to you in the chat. We're going to put it in the show notes. Yes. I could see fairly well. I couldn't see his face, but I did see the transformation from the book. Mm-hmm. And I could see that it was not like a humanoid figure behind her, but I couldn't see his face distinctly. Ugh, he's Canadian. I'm out. Deal breaker, girl. Deal breaker. <laughs> They're all Canadian. Or it's filmed in Canada. Yeah. If you're from Toronto, deal He's breaker. got some something else, though. He's not just Canadian. He's like a hyphenated nationality. Girl, that's what people say about us. There's some, 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 well, we are some something else. Yeah, that's true. No one ever says anything about me because I'm a middle-aged white man and it's awesome. Yeah, but you're doing good stuff with your power. It's true. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being a good one. Thank you. We really appreciate you. You're welcome, world. Like when you come on this podcast as a punching bag. Thanks, buddy. I'm just trying to represent, uh, you know, my underrepresented group, 40-year-old white men. <laughs> you know, we need a voice, too, and we're coming up, y'all. Well, speak up, son. If there's only one place where you're actually underrepresented, it's definitely this podcast. <laughs> oh, I listen to this show. I'm quite aware. <laughs> but you listen anyway. Some of our guests have been white dudes. Jack? Mm-hmm. I know yours has. <laughs> Mary Kay's just staring blankly. <laughs> Can we talk real quick about Mr. I'm too Christian to be in this dope village where everything is going to be fine. Got to take my family out in the middle of the damn woods. But as soon as like mom pops in and goes, who took my nice things? To me, that kind of illustrated how much of the safety net, like the social safety net we rely on, right? That he could be the purest man in a village, but with just his family, when the scope got that much smaller, he couldn't afford to be the guy who made the moral decision every time. Like, sometimes it was going to land somewhere that no one was right and no one was okay. It's actually a really good point because in the village, he probably had some value there, too. Mm -hmm. Once he gets out and trying to make it on his own, the man really ain't about shit. What Mary Kay say, thou can do nothing, safe chop wood? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that was part of it is that once the scope got smaller, once he had to be accountable every time to the same five people for every decision. Mm -hmm. You get him out in the real world, and he can't do anything besides cut wood and died under that wood like a bitch. Like a bitch. I like the way he died, too. Also, I felt like there was a certain amount of Christ figure there, certainly, right? Mm -hmm. Well, he certainly looks like what my grandmother always had posted in the back door. (laughs) Exactly. He has definite white Jesus vibe. Yeah. Exactly. And he's driven out for his purity, and he has these high standards, and then he... You know, he ultimately dies for his high standards, right? That the reason they're pushed yeah. out there is because he won't succumb. And yet, you know, think about like Christ in the temple, like destroying the temple mm-hmm. for his moral reasons, right? He's like trashing people's personal property and destroying stuff because the more moral thing to do is destroy other people's things than let it happen here. And then you see William making that calculation all the time. Like, well, this is the most good I can do for my family. So it's worth this other thing. And then he has a straight-up Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gets on his knees and asks to get the outcome he wants, even though. 
he knows how much his own choice has led him to this moment. Mm-hmm. Even though he knows that he probably needs to die for this moment to work, for the thing he wants to actually happen. Yeah, he's still trying to say, like, hey, if there's any way around it, that would be awesome. I only want to say. That's actually a really good point, but more importantly, I think it's, uh, I think it's very important to point out that he looks like white Jesus that's next to the wooden duck that says, welcome, friends. <laughs> In your mom's house? Is yeah. that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I know that duck. <laughs> On the topic of William being characters, or not characters, but people from the Bible, Catherine calls herself the wife of Job, mm-hmm. which makes him a Job figure as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I mean, I'm not saying that Gethsemane is not there. It definitely is. We have the twins. You have Jacob and Esau. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, she says also, wasn't Christ led out into the forest to be ill met by the devil? Like, isn't that what's happening to us right now? And they're all right. Like, they're, everything you're saying is right. Yeah. 40 days in the desert. They just happen to, be in, they happen to be in the woods. The problem is that it's a desert anyway because they're corn cob blight. Right. Which there's also, and you guys know that, like, conspiracy theory where the corn was poisoned and they hallucinated the whole thing. Have you heard that? This movie? About this movie? Yeah. It did not. I read nothing else. I was trying to give myself time to marinate. Yeah. I think that theory is bullshit and a cop-out, and I hate it when people bring it up, but I had to do it on here so nobody would be like, oh, well, this is the answer. No, it's not. This is way too intricate for that to be the simple answer. No way. <laughs> yeah. No way. No, if they were hallucinating, Black Phillip would have started talking a long-ass time ago because they all ate the corn. And he would have been singing. And maybe tap dancing. And maybe a genie. Yeah, and while we're talking about, like, voices and sound editing and stuff like that, let's talk about production qualities of this movie because it was perfect. Thank God. If we didn't get to this soon, I was going to projectile vomit. (laughs) Which you can do now. That's one of your pregnancy superpowers, right? Aren't you always about to do that? Let's talk about something else. I want to see your projectile vomit. I feel like that's got to be easy these days. Only when I look at Charles's face. Whoa. 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 Just kidding. You have a very nice face. You know what else was very nice? Everything about the production of this film, the saturation and the color is literally everything that I've ever wanted in a film ever. It feels cold and quiet, but it's also like overwhelming at the same time. Oh, yeah. It's so beautiful. I loved, loved, loved the composition of the shots because it really fucked with it. It set up just enough of like classic horror Mm -hmm. that when it used big artistic dramatic shot I was waiting for it to come undone you know so if it was like that long gorgeous shot of Thompson Mm -hmm. coming back into the house after Catherine dies Mm -hmm. after she kills Catherine I was waiting for something to go Mm -hmm. inverted or for there to be a jump or something and no it was just an incredibly long but beautifully composed shot The cinematography was so unbelievably spot on. Making us sit with these moments or making us sit with this larger image. I think that's part of the reason it resonates. And you have a breakdown a week later in the grocery store, Mary Kay. It wasn't just about when you jumped out of your skin. It was about what you had to sit there and watch. And you didn't even realize what you were seeing necessarily in the moment because it was beautiful. The image itself was beautiful. Yes. I thought one of my favorite like series of shots is the peekaboo scene yes where you don't see the baby you just yeah. see her doing it and then you yeah. see her face like contort in horror when the baby's not there oh yeah 
I thought Black Phillip killing William was a pretty good jump scare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it didn't even happen on screen. Like, the frame wasn't low enough to see what had just happened. Like, you saw him from, like, the waist up, and you're like, what, yeah. what the fuck is happening? And then you just see him, like, being driven into the woodpile. Oh, no, I watched it. I watched it on the replay. I felt like he should have gotten at least a 10-yard penalty for that. Roughing the passer. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, a yellow card or something. Sports! It's sports! Yeah. Go sports. Score points. I get this joke because it's because sports. Which sounds, the word sports, kind of like score, which makes me also want to tell you that this score was beautiful. (laughs) And it felt very like 1970s horror film to me, but in a way that was done right. Like it was a lot of kind of ambient noises and it had an ebb and flow to it. But kind of like where I said I like the Amityville horror soundtrack and Mary Kay was like, it just didn't add to the film for me. I felt this one had the same kind of feel and yeah. sound at times to me, but it was done in such a way that it did add like this other beautiful layer to the film. And it didn't tell me how to feel. Yeah, it wasn't distracting at all. Yeah. Like when they would put the choir in sometimes. Yeah, I have zero complaints production wise. Which is super rare. For, I think all of us to ever be like, yep, this was done well. Yeah. I like that kind of score where it sounds like it's like a woman not screaming, but they're doing, I don't even know what you call that thing they do with your voice where it's that constant like, ah, uh, thing and it gets higher and higher and higher. Kind of like, it, it sounded like 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's what it sounded like. Mm-hmm. It's just like the a dull vocalizing kind of. It was just modulation, right? Yeah. Did it not sound just like that, though? Yeah. Yes, yes. It reminded me a lot of that. Crazy. Hey, can I just make a note on something I found really funny that I had to rewind and watch a bunch of times? It's every time Catherine says, Thomas, Caleb, are you bed? <laughs> I guess they were trying to have a fight and they wanted to make sure the kids couldn't hear them. She just kept going, Thomas, <laughs> Caleb, are you bed? <laughs> when they're basically all in a giant tent together. <laughs> like, if we were, we're not anymore. I don't know. Right. <laughs> So as far as occult films go, how did this one like measure up to y'all? I loved it. I mean, obviously I've said I've loved it, but as far as looking at it as just as a genre of occult films, because like those are my favorite occult films and paranormal films are always like my go-to favorite horror films. But this one felt different than the others. And I can't exactly pinpoint what it is, but I think most occult films are either done just right for me or they go like way off in left field and are done in such an over-the-top way that's super cheesy but I still shamelessly find entertaining and this one found like this perfect sweet spot but like not like the others and I have no intelligent way of even trying to explain this but this felt familiar but so different. I had a hard time trying to pinpoint it too Megan because I was like but it's not like any other, I can't let it stack up against any other occult film because it's not like yeah. it. I don't know what I would compare it to, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a Ken Burns documentary on if this shit was real. If there is like, there's like a devil that can turn into a goat <laughs> and there was witches in the woods and crazy ass dumb, dumb family. Like it, it was like, it was like a Ken Burns documentary on that shit happening. Well, you know, that placard at the end saying yeah. real dialogue, right? That this is all like lifted from historical accounts. So Mary Kay, I I mentioned this when we (laughs) announced the episode last time, that Mary Kay called me and was like, hey, so you don't watch horror films, so you're never going to watch this, right? And I was like, yeah, probably not. It sounds really scary. 
And she was like, cool, so I'm going to tell you everything. And she basically just, like... Shot for shot. We were on the phone for almost two hours. Like, she told me the whole movie. We were, like, unpacking all this stuff, even though I hadn't even seen it. And I'm so glad that I forgot she mentioned that there was so much real-life dialogue. Yeah. Because that hit me like a ton of bricks at the end. It messed me up. Oh, my gosh. It made my stomach... Yes. It made my bowels move like the first time I watched this movie. I was like, I have to go shit right now. That's what that's what the Quaker Oats squares are for. Yeah, guys. see, Bran, old man, we get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so fiber's important, you silly asshole. <laughs> I thought you were the bearded asshole, but it's fine. So yeah, no, it the last like bastion of writing this off a little bit or distancing myself or compartmentalizing it. Whoop, wiped out. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that makes a difference. Well, it's because, like, first of all, not very many people, I feel like, nowadays believe that Satan as, like, an entity is a thing. And normally, if we do, we don't conceptualize it that way. Or we can just say, like, well, you know, if you don't have the paranoia or, like, the, you know, religious oppression, it's not going to manifest that way. There are many ways you could write it off until that end placard, like you said, where it's like, okay, but... Even if we can write it off as like, no, it didn't factually happen, which I'm not saying whether it did or not. I don't know. But either way, they believed at the time it was happening. Like, that's another scary facet, I think, of this movie is like, even if you were going to be able to be like, well, this was a long, long time ago and times were very different. It's like, yeah, okay, but shows like The Handmaid's Tale are popular for a reason. Like, fundamentalist religious groups Mm -hmm. get a little momentum and it gets real dangerous real fast. Well, and that's the thing. If the story is scary because it's accessible, that as a teenager and navigating your relationships with your parents, you could find yourself in this position where even the people that love you have either abandoned you completely for their own internal narrative. Yeah, like, like what she tells herself is safe, not what actually is. And your father hasn't even abandoned you, like realizing that he wouldn't abandon you if he thought you were a motherfucking witch. Like neither of those are okay. And if we could identify with that, because we've all been teenagers and trying to figure out how to become adults and have relationships with our parents, then realizing that the people who did this 200 years ago, 300 years ago, were going through the same thing and getting the same fucking reactions, just, you know, witches were a thing then. It's scary as shit. It was the same thing with me and my parents when the tea party started getting popular. Same shit, you guys. Happened to me too. (laughs) <laughs> that they thought you were a witch? Yes. <laughs> um, I was going to say, too, as far as, like, the uh, tropes of occult films go, normally in occult films, like, you see this in Rosemary's Baby, you see this in The Exorcist, you see this in The Omen as well. Like all of the, I think those are the three main ones that we did. But typically the fight over good and evil is over a man's soul. Yeah. Um, and the woman is the vessel through which they work in this movie, it's the opposite, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Like the women were the goal for the devil. The men were just how he got to them. Do you feel like that's better or worse? Like, I don't want to be a useless vessel. I also don't want to be the like ultimate target for like prime Satanism. Yeah, no, I think like as far as eternal damnation goes, I'd rather be the vessel because then it's just you're using my body. My soul has no part in it. But then one of those things we're going to talk about as real sexist on this podcast. And the other, we're going to be like, oh no, we talked about the other thing is real sexist. What does this mean now? 
Don't make it sexist if it's not, though. No, no, I'm not saying this is. I'm saying that other things, we, like we talked about in Omen, the fact that the women were all vessels. Yeah. Oh, you're saying, like, how is this not that? Oh, because I think that Black Phillip sees that women are super oppressed. Right. And he sees that as a vulnerability because any little bit of power that one of them is given is like, yes, I'm going to take that, which is an abuse and further misogyny, really. But exactly. I didn't feel like the point of view on this was sexist, just that, like, when you think about what, when you personalize it, you think, where would I rather be? No, me neither. I didn't think that. But what I'd rather experience, it's like, well, it's, well, it's all bullshit. God damn it. Even I can't, I can't even escape into my horror movies. <laughs> the oppression is everywhere. If you're trying to escape misogyny, horror films are generally not where you are going to want to escape to. Yeah. Um, one of the historical dramas that I think stacks up to this movie, or at least like, is drawn on it because when I wrote down like what are some historical dramas that you can compare this film to yeah I think all of us kind of drew a blank as far as other films go it's like nothing nothing is like this this is amazing but there are many books that do it and I just think it's never been articulated very well in film mm-hmm. yet that I yeah. know of um like we all thought of the crucible I think but it wasn't just like a metaphor for McCarthyism <laughs> so and then you also have the Scarlet Letter that's pulled on because there's an element of the supernatural in the Scarlet Letter as well. But we're not supposed to like Hester Prynne. She's the bad guy in the Scarlet Letter. Yeah. It's been a long time since I read it. But from what I remember, the pastor was the baby daddy, but mm-hmm. she never called him out. He was just eaten alive with guilt and she knew that that would be worse for him. And that's why she never snitched. And their kid is the devil. So again, like a vessel situation. But the one that it reminded me of the most, I think, is the scariest book that I've ever read of all time, which is James Hogg's novel, Memoirs and Confessions of a Justified Sinner. Do you guys know that one? It's old. It's really old. But it's about, like, the dangers of predestination and assuming that you're going to heaven. It's like, what can you get away with if you assume that you're already in? (laughs) So it just had, like, a similar sort of, like, yeah. is this damnation or is it paranoia? type of dilemma I guess for the characters and for me like that was one that I just had to read like small sections of and put it in the freezer you pulled a joey with the shining exactly (laughs) that yeah yeah for Halloween I had to write this post about like books so scary that you have a shelf for them in the freezer yeah (laughs) anyway what should our closing question be what would black philip promise you right how would black philip reel you in because I don't know if butter in a pretty dress is what would get you I mean, I could get bought by Satan with like a mid-shelf bourbon and a, you know, a tank full of gas. Like, so <laughs> I'm the wrong one to ask. Oh my gosh! Right, pay my student loans, Satan, and I'm yours. But also, like, maybe I could have a couple more warheads too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be good. I feel like anytime anyone's like, "What's the thing that would get you?" I'm just like, "Dear God, somebody take these loans." <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'd be down with the whole like always having enough money for what I want thing. Yeah. I would never have to have that much money in the bank. Not that much to pay taxes. I would still like pay taxes and everything. Just like I would always have exactly as much as I need yeah. for what I want right then. So that I'd never have enough sitting around to pay taxes on. That's fair. I don't have to be a millionaire. Because if I want to buy a million dollar house, I'll have a million dollars. Like I just, I just got it. You got enough money to stuff all those pins in that Moscow mule cup behind you, I see. You're doing all right. It's a single set of pins. I also have Charles. my pins. In a mug. <laughs> it's an inappropriate amount of pins. It's too many damn pins. These are colorful felt tip pens. But it's one set. This whole set of pens was like $8. Jeez. Check me out, B. A, a pin. A pin. Me too, a pin. A pin in your fancy ass fucking loft. <laughs> 
a pen. That's why I can be bought with a bottle of whiskey and a gallon of gas. I'm out. <laughs> what about you, Mary Kay? I don't think that once he was trying to make me sign something, I don't think anything would work. Like, I've kicked dudes out of my house for much less than making me sign a contract I couldn't read. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, what could he offer that would make you at least Come on. think for a um, split second? Like, listen to the pitch? Okay. Play the game. <laughs> no, I am. I just, that's what tripped me up when I was trying to identify with the character. I was like, well, I would never sign something like that. Except that you keep updating your iPhone, right? <laughs> no, I don't update it. <laughs> So it just keeps getting shittier and shittier, and you're like, I live this way. My God. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I'd make you at least just listen to what he has to say. If I was out of Advil, and it was my day one of my period. That's fair. And you had Advil and sour gummy worms. Oh. Maybe you know I've got Advil, and I often bring you those dumb sour candies. Yeah, but you haven't made me sign anything. Yeah. Well, I know what the hell I'm bringing the next time I come over is a bunch of sour gummy worms, some Advil, and a contract. I'll email it to you. Handwrite it with your singular pen, Charles. Hope it doesn't run out of ink. (laughs) (laughs) Mary's not sharing. Me neither. Megan with the zingas. (laughs) Should we talk about what we're doing next? Up next is 2008 Swedish romantic horror film directed by Thomas Alfredson, Let the Right One In. I am in the minority here, I think, but I have never seen it. I know it's available to stream on Hulu and Amazon right now, so I'm really excited to watch it. Mary Kay was like, we need like a wintry movie. And I was like, well, we've already done The Shining, which is like what I immediately think of when I think of a wintry film that's also a horror film. So I started like Googling and they were all these really dumb, like cheesy zombie Santa Claus films, except let the right one in was inserted. And I was like, do it. Mm -hmm. I've been meaning to watch this for the last 87 years of my life. Girl, I've seen this one. Yeah, I haven't yet. I'm excited. I am too. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's fantastic. Cool. So I can't tell you anything cool about it or sell you on it on why you should watch it with us, but do it. It's good. It has more child vampires in it. Ah, yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't already, please follow us on all our social media and subscribe to us on iTunes and rate and review us if you like it especially. And please tell a friend if you had fun tonight. And thank you, Charles, so much for enduring. Thanks for being a good sport. You're very, very welcome. It was so good to be on here. And for also agreeing with me that the twins are little shits. They are full of shit. No, it's really good to be back on the show. I missed you guys. Oh, I wasn't even here last time. I'm just going to take the compliment anyway. <laughs> Go listen to the Natural Born Killers episode. That's where you will have heard Charles the first time. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's mostly tangents. Still one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> 75% derailed. Yay. All right. Bye. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye.